We are here to study a science, the science of consciousness. And consciousness has been understood for thousands of years by those who have left records of their scientific studies of this subject. But consciousness is energy, but a very different kind of energy than the kind that physicists tend to talk about. Which, from the perspective of yogis, the scientists of consciousness, are very gross forms of energy. Even the nuclear forces, strong and weak forces, they're, they're very gross. But there is another energy, subtler than that, that has been called life energy. The modern uh, philosopher in France, uh, what was his name? Um, Bergson, Henri Bergson, called it élan vital, the vital energy of life. If uh, Wilhelm Reich were sitting here today, he'd say meditation uh, has the purpose of increasing our orgone energy. He called it orgone. He stumbled upon this while he was practicing Freudian psychoanalysis. And, he, and Freud originally recognized the energy of life. He called it libido. But then there was a lot of pressure put on the analysts to cancel out this theory and go back to a, a purely materialistic approach. So libido disappeared from the psychoanalytic texts. But no, uh, Reich realized after doing laboratory experiments that it was real and he was put in federal penitentiary for his insights into organ energy he was only one of a very long line of people who have discovered and used this energy and were repressed by social forces you can go back to Anton Mesmer in the 1700s who called the same energy animal magnetism and his approach to healing using animal magnetism led to far better results than those that could be achieved by the medical establishment. And so they blackballed him and eliminated him. And he proved that this life energy, when it was channeled properly, could lead to states of anesthesia that didn't require chemicals. And, of course, the pharmaceutical industry, which was already quite strong at that time, uh, did not like that idea. And uh, they were one of the motors behind eliminating Mesmer. But we could go on and on and see many, many modern thinkers who have stumbled on this reality and have confirmed the findings of the ancient yogic scientists. For example... uh, to go back to Reich, he recognized that in a healthy state, uh, the orgone energy flows through the body. And he recognized also that it was the same energy as the yogis in the ancient world called prana in India. And the Taoist yogis in China called chi. In Japan, it's called ki. It has many different names, but it's the same life energy. But the yogis in India recognize that this prana exists on a spectrum. And the grossest uh, manifestation of that energy produces the world that we think of as material. 
although quantum physics has now recognized again that matter and energy are convertible and uh, that energy ultimately is something so subtle that it is made up of probability waves, in other words, consciousness. But to get back to Reich, he recognized that most people that he was working with did not have an even flow of orgone energy in their bodies. It was in a disturbed state. Uh, he called it oranur. Uh, the yogi simply called it rajasic uh, energy, rajasic state of the prana. And then he found that there, there was a, an even lower uh, level of uh, negativity, let's say, of the energy, which he called dor, which was short for dead organ, or deathly, or even deadly. And, uh, and, and if somebody's body had a very negative, deadly level of life energy, they were going to die. And he could predict uh, those who would recover from illnesses and those who would not by uh, recognizing the state of their, their organ or their prana, their life energy. And yogis recognize this. Again, the, the door, the deadly energy, would be the tamasic or the tamopradhan, the extremely uh, stopped stuck uh, energy that will not flow. And the same thing is, uh, is uh, studied and practiced in traditional Chinese medicine. The meridians, which are the flow channels of the prana in the body, are stimulated to open if they're closed by acupuncture and acupressure and other modalities. But the yogis recognize that these uh, levels of functioning, of trying to repair uh, damaged and cut energy flows was operating on the gross level. And the more that you could get to the subtler levels, the more powerful uh, your energy would be and the more powerful the effect of healing. And so the idea of yogis was to raise what was also referred to as kundalini. The same energy was referred to as kundalini. And although you can sometimes have the feeling that the kundalini is rising in the physical body, up the spinal cord or up the front of the body, which it may actually appear to be doing, but it's actually rising in frequency. It's rising to higher and higher wavelengths. And it's accumulating in the brain, which is our orgone accumulator. And when it reaches a certain point, it will shift the entire way that consciousness functions. And so that's what we're doing when we're meditating. We're accumulating this most positive or sattvic level of the orgone energy. And through that, we are producing a transformation of our consciousness. We are creating a power of healing and many other potential powers that the yogis also studied, which are, are called siddhis. And these powers arise by the simple fact that the orgone energy is quantized energy. It still retains the attributes of the quantum level of the energy at the subatomic particle level. And so it, when that energy is accumulated to high enough levels, it can have the same quantum effects at the macro level of reality. And that's the reason why yogis can produce some miraculous effects in their lives and in their work of healing with people if they have trained uh, and focused their ability to harness this energy. These days, its latest uh, 
name is zero-point energy. It's the same energy that they have discovered exists in the vacuum of space. And it's the reason why it is possible to have intergalactic space travel, actually, because the energy can be produced anywhere in the universe, and you don't need to carry fuel with you. The very primitive rockets of modern technology don't yet grasp that. But one of the reasons why this understanding has been repressed and all of the people working on this energy have been sometimes physically eliminated and at other times their work banned and burned even. Reich's books were literally burned by judges, by, by the law enforcement in the United States. But even Nikola Tesla and others uh, who worked on this was because it will produce free energy energy that can't be controlled by corporations, energy that uh, is infinite, and it's clean energy. And it will revolutionize our lives when we have achieved the means of harnessing that energy. But one way to do it very easily is simply through the act of meditation. And if we meditate together in an interconnected state in which our relationship is one of love, of attractiveness rather than repulsiveness, which most egos have in their normal state of paranoia and aggression and all of that, that has been indoctrinated into us. If we can break through that shell, then the energy summates and, and it begins to exponentially augment the energy field of one another so that we can produce a very powerful field of energy. And this can have liberatory effects and healing effects that far transcend this particular place and space and time. And so if we focus on meditation as a scientific experiment and give all of our attention to it because the energy is accumulated through the payment of attention and we turn our attention inward and don't allow any distractions and don't allow any lowering of the wavelength through aggressive or negative or depressed or anxious thoughts, but thoughts that are of the highest kind, and then transcending thought altogether into silence, but a silence that is a silence of devotion, of love, of reverence, of the sacredness of all that is. That level of silence produces itself a kind of energy field. And then by staying in that energy and not interrupting the flow of it, it's as if we open the spigot from the zero point, from the noumenal level beyond this cosmos, and we allow the energy to flow uninhibitedly into this field. And we will find that the energy fills the physical body with healing energy and then strengthens our aura and then extends outward. And it has an unlimited potential reach. So, is everyone interested in performing this scientific experiment? Yeah? Because when you do that, you're being the most revolutionary actor in this world that you can be. You're bringing a kind of energy into the world that uh, the mainstream authorities will say doesn't even exist, and yet it is the energy that has the potential of healing our planet including the ecological level of the planet, which is a great producer of that energy, but we have contaminated it. We've covered the earth with such pollution, such negative, such dead uh, and, and destructive energy 
that the orgone energy in, the, in nature itself is dying. And this is producing upheavals in the geophysical strata of the world. So when we liberate this energy, we will find that it is sucked up, it is wanted, it is, there's a thirst for it. And it requires us to recognize that there is an infinite source of this life energy, which is also love energy, within us. So that we don't need to suck it out of someone else and become a psychic vampire. Uh, we can find it within. It's the kingdom of heaven within. And that will enable us to transform our whole psychology from takers into givers. And this also has a, a catalytic effect on others. And we can transform the psychology of the collective unconscious in a very short time if we will consistently radiate and transmit this very powerful energy.